If Pyro's and Crips all got along, they probably got me down by the end of the song. Seems like the whole city go against me. Every time I'm in the street, I hear yak, 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 yak. Man down, where you from, nigga? Fuck who you know, where you from, my nigga? Where your grandma stay, huh, my nigga? This mad city, I run, my nigga. Brace yourself, I take you on a trip down memory lane. This is not a rap, oh, I'm slinking crack or moo cocaine. This is cold a second, plenty cognac and major pain. Not the drill sergeant, but the stress that weighing on your brain. It was me, El Boogie, Yang, and YG Lucky. Ride down Rosecrans, it got ugly. Waving your hand out the window, check yourself. Uh, warriors and Conan's hope euphoria can slow dance with society. The driver seat, the first one to get killed. Seen a light skinned nigga with his brains blown out. At the same birth. Now this is not a tape recorder saying that he did it But ever since that day, I was looking at him different That was back when I was nine Alright guys, uh, this is a special edition of the Champagne Sharks uh, This is Kenny, you can find me at KDBG on Twitter I'm here with D What's up everybody, it's D You can catch me on Twitter At MDMill79, don't at me Right Actually, I didn't say that Don't <laughs> at me <laughs> At MD Mill 79. I'm like, I don't want to confuse people. And T like, is uh I think T is sleeping or something. We we in the house making noise, so he in the back room sleeping. Yeah, the kids so are running just, around playing. Right. So we're gonna like, be, it's gonna be some shit jumping off. <laughs> Remember that episode of Popeye where uh right. where the twinkle where the trips was in the bed and then he'll leave out the room, they'll get up and start playing the instruments and partying. Right. And shit. right. <laughs> <laughs> then he'll come in there and they'll be in the bed sleep. Right, right. So yeah, that's yeah. you know, we 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 uh, we was gonna do this once before and we had some really good content uh that was a few months ago and the and something was wrong with the uh the recording something went wrong but it was some really really good stuff so i think we got it under control now because i got my shit together and stopped uh being janky with the way i was recording (laughs) you know what i'm saying (laughs) using the android phone and all that kind of shit the kid was over there recording from a ham radio (laughs) (laughs) exactly it was all bad so you know it's it's been uh going pretty good so far so you know I'm just uh got poor Aaron over there pulling his hair out with the man. 50 different fucking uh <laughs> I know it's been many times Aaron was like that goddamn Kenny what the fuck is he using you shout know? out to Aaron man. man shout out to Aaron for working yeah, some miracles yeah, man because yeah, sure. the playbacks man he's working some miracles he's working Absolutely. some real miracles so um I think tonight, uh, you know, one of the, you know, you haven't, well, you haven't been on in, in what, a couple of weeks, D? Yeah, yeah, man. Um, you know, we had a family tragedy, man. Um, father-in-law passed away just suddenly, man. Um, he had been having some health issues for a while. Uh, you know, he's a diabetic and he was having heart, uh, blood pressure issues. And yeah. Just all kind of different stuff, man. And, um, you know, the trip apart, trip about it was, is that, um, it was totally unexpected, you know, yeah, um, yeah. He, he was, you know, I was just talking to you off air about trying to get you to move down here to L.A. He's up in Fresno and oh, he was okay. getting ready to try to get back down here because he had moved up to Fresno to try and make some moves up there as far as like okay. work and shit like that. And, uh, you know, it was, you know how Fresno, I don't know if you've been up there before, oh, yeah. but, you know, Fresno, it's not really a whole lot popping up. It's mm-hmm. a little bit more popping in Fresno than it is in like Bakersfield. Right, right. But not a whole lot more. Right. And it's so, kind of, it's, it's a cow town. It's, it's a yeah, little yeah, smaller yeah. than Sacramento. Exactly. exactly. And, um, 
So he was trying to make his way back down here, and it was a trip, man, because he was just getting his stuff together. You know, he just was getting his money right, and mm-hmm. um, he got a you know a ton of things. He was getting his money right, man. I was just I ain't gonna put all the the personal stuff out there, right? But, right, uh, right. And uh, man, this one day he was, you know, I guess he was getting ready for church or something, man, and um, just had a heart attack, man, and, wow. and died. And the neighbor came and found him, and you know, it was a mess, man. So you know, I just been back and forth. With, yeah, uh, yeah. With the family going up there trying to take care of his final arrangements. And that, and that could be emotionally draining. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but, you yeah. Know, the physical part is one thing because you can get some rest, but the emotional part, the mental part is where it just drains the hell out of you. I've been I've been through yeah. that. And, and rest in peace to your father-in-law, man. man. I appreciate it, bro. And thank you for yeah. uh, you and T, man. Y'all been holding me down, checking oh, up yeah. on me and, definitely, you know, definitely. asking how everything is going, man. So, definitely. you know, rather you know, been... Once I get down there, everybody knows that uh, I'm trying to get down to L.A. Um, I'm in Portland currently and uh, Portland uh, just it, it's like a spider web. And I'm mm-hmm. trying to get the hell out of here, get back down to L.A. for good. Yeah. And uh, we once I get down there, T going to be down there. So he going to we don't speak that into existence. <laughs> right. But, you know, T going to get to L.A. He's going to start trying to find all the dusty stuff going on. Like, man, where, where's the dust? Yeah, he's going to do that's his, <laughs> He's going to gravitate right to the. Dust. Right, right, right. I want to I want to see what the what the real L.A. is. I don't want to. I said, bro, you do not want to go fooling you don't around. Go there. Just take us as a San Bernardino. Or some exactly. Shit. No, but you know, what's weird, man, is um, a lot of people who come out here from out of town. They want to go to Hollywood and visit Hollywood and a lot of people are surprised by how dusty Hollywood oh, really is. God. Yeah. Hollywood yeah. is dusty as fuck, dusty man. Dusty as fuck, it's, yeah. In, in yeah. some corners it's real sketchy, bro. Like, you don't want to go fucking around in you some know, of You know what's funny about Hollywood is the way they used to, you know, I used to think uh, when I was a kid, you know what I mean? When we, you know, living here in Portland and, you mm-hmm. know, when you were a little kid you think about uh, Hollywood, you know what I'm saying? And think about it like this. When they put it on TV like it was all this glamorous stuff, it was almost like that was a cover because of all the weird shit that goes on in Hollywood. Yes. You know yes. what I'm saying? Like, Hollywood is a really weird place. Like, there's many a stories of, you know, I know someone personally, I'm not going to say the name, but they're they're from Portland. I went to high school with them and uh, they wanted to be on TV. And that mm-hmm. person ended up on drugs. They went to Hollywood yes. with, you know, $10 in their pocket and, you know, the whole story. And yeah. they ended up doing, like, really, really, really low-budget porn. They ended up on drugs. They ended up oh, in jail. Man. And, yeah. you know, years upon years later, they come back to Portland. They were methed out just bad. And it's like, man, you don't, you got to be careful what you wish for in that Hollywood, um, you know, that, that lifestyle. Because the Hollywood lifestyle has a lot to do with more than just movies you know what I'm saying? a lot of, a lot of yeah. the pimping was going on in hollywood a whole lot you know you come yeah. out here wide-eyed nose wide open man yeah. bright-eyed and bushy-tailed and then you'll get right. out here and you know somebody will promise you something and then you go there and it's a whole other situation going on you in the casting couch with four right. dudes right but yeah you know just uh just just let them touch you a little bit you know take your right. sweater off you know that kind of shit you go in the room and they pants is around their ankles you're like yeah, what the yeah. fuck is going on here <laughs> exactly and one of them is a Hollywood motherfucker you know exactly <laughs> somebody you've seen on TV before you're like wait a minute I, I thought you was you was in Mission Impossible wasn't you yeah right man <laughs> and the men and the women Brad. right so right you, you know you, you're not safe on either end but yeah you know it's like that out here man it's it's like that LA is kind of like that it's a lot yeah. of veneer it's, you yeah. know, it's a lot of veneer in LA the bright lights the tall buildings you know the, the nightlife and all that kind of mm-hmm. shit man but um, you know, it's a seedy underbelly to Los Angeles, man. And, and a lot of people, you, you don't never see that part. You know? Right, right. Vegas right. is the same way. 
Absolutely, Vegas exactly. Yeah. You know, place, Vegas you know? is um, one of those places where Phoenix is, you know, the way it's built, not as far as casinos, you know, the, the nightlife, but mm-hmm. uh, Phoenix and uh, Vegas have a lot of similarities as far as the landscape where yeah. it's just really dusty. Mm-hmm. And I always say this, you know, people running from warrants in L.A., they end up in Phoenix end or in Vegas. Phoenix or Vegas. <laughs> yep, I right. know a few. Believe that, right. bruh. <laughs> in Henderson, Nevada, is gang banging oh, and all kinds man. of stuff yeah. going on. <laughs> <laughs> they banging hard out there so yeah you know. they doing it like the 90s man yeah it's crazy. yeah, yeah it's and you know speaking crazy. of which uh that story that's been going around today the whole paul mooney uh richard pryor and richard pryor's son and the the, the allegation is that uh Oof. paul mooney raped richard pryor's son okay now i saw snippets of that on was it twitter I yeah i saw snippets of it on twitter i did not get a chance to really get into the to what was going on with that yeah i don't but, i don't really know you know we talked about this off the air but you know Paul Mooney's always been kind of a strange fellow, you know, yeah, just say yeah, that, yeah. you know, uh, kind but, of effeminate. Um, a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the thing about it is if they're expecting an <laughs> apology or some type of explanation from Paul Mooney, they're crazy. Like, it ain't going to happen. Right, right, You know, right. Paul Mooney is just going to cuss you out and talk crazy to white folks. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's just what he do. <laughs> right. You know, it ain't going to be no explanation and you ain't going to cancel Paul Mooney. That's not going to happen. Exactly. You know, so, you know. But I find it interesting, man, that like they always wait until people are dead, you know, yes. and then they want to start. T- well, not Paul Mooney's not dead, but Richard Pryor Richard is Pryor, dead. Richard Pryor, yeah. And so the only other person who could really cooperate this, I don't know if the son is running around out here somewhere. Right. I'm not certain. Richard Pryor Jr., that's who the accusation was made that saying that, you know, Paul Mooney was sleeping with Richard Pryor Jr. Right. Um, but Richard Pryor is not here to corroborate that story. So it's some friend of a friend of, or some right, shit. Some bodyguard. I guess yeah. they said it was a bodyguard that's telling the story now. And, yeah. you know, I don't know. Um I mean, at these, this point in day and age, there's always somebody coming out saying something. I mean, we've heard stories about you, you name the celebrity. If they pass away, there's a story coming out. Yeah, especially you know? black ones. Yes. Know? Something about yes. These, the black celebrity. I was having a conversation with uh, somebody just the other day, and we were trying to think of a black celebrity that passed away that died with their dignity intact you know an entertainer especially in the music yeah. industry yeah. um you know for everybody you could go down the list james brown yep. michael jackson prince, prince. yeah uh you could just go on tupac. and on tupac uh sam cook yep. it was all some controversy some kind of slander some mysterious cause yep. behind their death like they you, died, you would have to be you would broke. have to be uh, of of the A list. There's always some. You'd have to be like on the like you know, I'm not, you know. And I'm not saying he's like on the bottom shelf, but you'd have to be like Gerald Levert, uh-huh. you know, who who passed away. He had a heart attack, and that was pretty much the end of it. Luther Vandross, right. you know, right. he right. had a heart attack, or I think he had diabetes or something, mm-hmm. and that was the end of it. But if you're on that upper echelon, that yeah. that Michael Jackson, they gonna find they gonna kill you twice. Yeah, buddy. They're going to kill you twice. Yep. You know, they're going to do some post hominess. Right. Meanwhile, Elvis is being seen still. Right. Exactly. Was seen at the, you know, the Arizona State Hawaii game or some shit. You know what Mm. I'm saying? Like, it's it's always some kind of way they live forever, but we die twice. Right. You know, so and it's going to I mean, you know. Nipsey Hustle, you know what I'm saying? They won't let yeah. Nipsey Hustle rest. I mean, yeah, I heard something about they were trying to, they're still trying to go after the marathon store. They're still messing <laughs> with the people over there. See, 
You know what I'm saying? So it's always going to be, you know, that the story comes out and they say, oh, he wasn't really married to Lauren London and then and the the other baby mama. And it's always something that what makes it sad is that it's us that do a lot of that. You know what I'm saying? We come up Uh with a lot of these, you know, it was us that said Jay-Z was an Illuminati. We, right, we created true. that shit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, yeah. but we never would say that Kim Kardashian is in the Illuminati. Right. Or yeah. or Bill Gates was in the Illuminati. You know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. we have to some kind of way figure out a way why if somebody black, a celebrity or an athlete, well, more than likely celebrity um, is doing, you know, successful. There has to be some type of conspiracy behind it because there is absolutely no way a Negro could be doing Can that. Get all yeah, yeah. You know? And it's oftentimes the people who supposedly made it out of the hood or whatever, you know, so a lot of times, man, it's hard to watch people that grew up and had the same issues you had, mm-hmm. the same life, the same uh, um, socioeconomic uh, status, all that, and then they grow up yeah. and become a millionaire and right. you're still stuck in the same place, man. So, you know, it's... it's I think it's easier, it's easier when it's an athlete because you say, okay, well, he has a talent right. that, you know, he's six foot nine or, mm-hmm. you know, something like that you know he has a talent that you know that's a god's gift right. but you know even Kendrick Lamar talked about that on a, on a song he talked about having survivor's remorse mm. you know what I mean he he made it out of the hood out of Compton but so mm. many of his homies is still there and he lost one of his partners died while he mm. was on tour you know and you can even yeah. you can even see that a little bit when Nipsey died he was actually in Argentina performing mm-hmm. when he found out about it so, so it's another one of those where it's like damn I'm over here and mm. even somebody one of my peers died in the hood you know what I'm saying yeah on some on some weird shit too yeah and the thing about it is too like it's, it's so many like you, that's a great point that you made about the basketball or mm-hmm. the athlete you know because you can say like you said it's a god-given athletic you know ability right but you know how many niggas are rapping in the hood and don't make it <laughs> right bro? like yeah. there's so many dudes rapping right now man and uh, that's you know, dope yeah, yeah, but they don't make it big, you yeah, know? Yep. And then they look over and somebody from the same section makes it, and it's just like, what? Why him? You know what Why I mean? Why him? Like, right, right. I beat him when we battled. You know what I'm right, saying? Like, it's right. that kind of shit. Like, I mean, and, and that's how it is. I mean, you know, you know, especially when it comes to rapping, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. There's always going to be that guy, you be like, hey, man, that motherfucker right there, he's nice, you know? But the dude that makes it, you're like, okay, yeah, he's all right. But there must have been something about him. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Or, you know, maybe he's connected, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but there has to be something about him, you know, like Nipsey. Nipsey had that aura. He had a vision. He had a vision. He had an aura. So he wasn't just someone who had the the, the technical skill. He also had the business mind and make it happen. You know, and a lot of people don't have that. I think we talked we touched on that a long time ago when we were talking about the E-Myth. We were talking about the technician, the manager Mm -hmm. and the entrepreneur. Yeah. And, you know, like I said, a lot of guys can be great technicians, man, and, and, you know, know how to do wordplay and do all Mm -hmm. these dope metaphors and this, that and the third, but can't pick beats to say their lives can't, can't make songs themselves. yeah can't make songs yeah can't conceptualize an album right and you know somebody like a nipsey hustle man he did everything from the ground up start to finish involved yeah. in every ad like you uh kendrick is a perfect kendrick, example yeah, perfect. i was listening to an interview with uh with mca and he was saying that when when uh kendrick called him up to do um um, um what's the name of that song i'm, I'm having it's on the good kid mad city good kid mad city yeah. song yeah um um 
God damn. I can't believe I know, I know I can't what you're talking about. You know exactly what I'm talking yeah, about, yeah, too. Yeah. I think it's called Good Kid Mad City. Is it, it called Good Kid, Kid, Kid Mad City? City? Um, hold on, let me look. I'll look it up right now. Matter of fact, yeah, I was going to say. I got it on my phone. I think it's called Mad City. Yeah, Mad City. Yeah. Yeah. So when yeah. they did Mad City, MC8 was saying that when he got to the studio, he didn't have to really do shit because right. Kendrick had everything laid out. He was like, I yeah. want you to say this here. I want you to name these specific streets. So when you hear MC8 in the track going to Laundra, Rosecran, Burris, mm-hmm. da, 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 that's all stuff that Kendrick had already directed and mapped out for him to say. So all he right. said basically all he had to do was just lay down his verse and that was it. The whole production and everything was handled by Kendrick. He orchestrated the whole thing. He was just like, man, that was dope. That was one of the easiest studio sessions I've ever had because I didn't have to come up with a hook. I didn't have to come up with no chorus, nothing. All you he had know. to do was show up. All he had to do was show up. Exactly. Yeah. See, and, and, and that's a, and, and you know, even though people might not want to admit it, that's a special talent within itself. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Because not everybody, like you said, not everybody can put together songs and put together concepts. And, you know, every album that Kendrick has done has a concept behind it. Mm-hmm. Unlike, you know, the guy that me and T talked about the other day, Nas, who can't pick beats to save his life. That episode had me dying, man. Oh, man. Y'all had me dying talking about the fake deep Nas. <laughs> and then y'all played the damn clips and the clips were just, oh, man. Do the knucklehead. He's a clumsy yeah. version of Jay-Z, like T said. He's a yeah. clumsy version of Jay-Z, you know? Yep. So it's like, you know, it's, it's talent, but also a part of it is uh, being a visionary. That's you know? definitely true. Which is Having odd because the dude has made more money yeah. in his endeavors outside of hip-hop than he has in hip-hop. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah. So uh, he, he has something going as far as, I don't know if he has a good team around him and he's just kind of there to make the investments <laughs> or whatever, but right. um, you know, as far as like his endeavors outside of hip-hop, the dude has been making all the right moves, but yeah. you know, in hip-hop, man, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know I don't what know. he's doing in, in yeah. hip-hop. And I, you know, I, 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 I used to be a big-time Nas fan. Okay, I didn't know that. Wow. Yeah, okay. way back in the day. Back in the day, yeah. day. You know, I used okay. to love Nas because I just thought he was, you know, he was different. You know, you got, you got to remember, I'm a little bit younger than y'all, so. True. 94, I'm 13. You know what I'm uh-huh. saying? That's when he came out and him and, you know, a lot of that a lot of that East Coast rap at that time, I was like, man, this is dope. You know what I'm saying? EPMD, mm-hmm. Eric Sermon, you know, it sounded kind of like the West Coast. Yeah, you know yeah, what I'm saying. Yeah. So, because Death Row was pretty much shit. done at that time. Pac was on his way, trying to figure it out. And you know, I never mm. was the biggest Tupac fan because he ain't from LA. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know, yeah. You know what? That's another dude that um, I was not either. Mm-mm. You know, I'm not. I'm gonna keep it all the way a hundred. I was not a huge Pac fan. I'm a few years years older than you. Yeah. I actually became more of a fan when he came to Death Row. Right. I mean, he had some pretty cool songs. Like, I loved I Get Around. Right. I right. liked um, Brenda's Got a Baby, just, you know, because he was talking about some deep shit. Right. Um, his favorite, my favorite album of his prior to him coming to Death Row was the one with Temptations on it. Yeah. yeah. Dad and Dear Mama yeah. and all that. Yeah, Me that. Against the World. Me Against the World. There you go. Yeah. That was actually my, my favorite Tupac album prior to him coming to Death Row. And it's funny because as I listen to the catalog now, I'm gonna probably get killed for saying this, man. But like, I don't think like a lot of that catalog age well. well at all. Yeah, bro. yeah, it didn't. It didn't. Machiavelli did. Machiavelli, Machiavelli did. Yeah, Machiavelli degree, did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, yeah I forgot but the about early stuff. That yeah. early Tupac. It yeah. had that. Uh, it was almost like he was going for that public enemy edge uh-huh. or Paris. You know what I mean? But it was just too fast. Yeah, it was man. too fast for me. You know what I'm saying? So, like, I listened to All Eyes on Me, 
And mm-hmm. um, I'm just like, ugh, man. It, did, it didn't age well. Yeah, I don't know, man. Like, See, uh, this is the thing about Pac, and you probably feel the same way because you're from L.A. That's not an L.A. album. Yeah. Even though a lot of people like to say it's a California West Coast album, mm. that's a Tupac album. L.A. don't it sound, it, it, to me, L.A. doesn't sound, not, the production was L.A., yeah. Right. But his rhyme, the way he rhymes, the way he rapped, that's not an L.A. West Coast. It was almost like taking somebody from the Wu-Tang Right. And, and put them on them West Coast LA, beats. Yeah. But yeah. See, Pac is a product of, of uh, in a way, you could almost say he's a cultural mulatto because he's moved yeah. to so many different sections. You know, I think yeah. he was, what was he born in Baltimore? Then he yeah. moved to New York. Then he moved yeah. up to the Bay Area. He's a gypsy. Then, you know, down here. Yeah, he's definitely that. So, you know, f- to to a certain degree, you can almost see that in his style. You Absolutely. Know, and, it, yeah. and in his personality, you know, his personality was, I'm not, he wasn't a schizophrenic, but I'm going to just use that term loosely you know how he could be one way one minute and mm-hmm. then be on some other shit another minute you know what i mean not to say that no everybody's not everybody has nuances to their personalities right right, right. you know what i'm saying but, but I don't he know, did, did kind of have a schizophrenic personality though a little bit you mm-hmm. know it was kind of kind of because when he was in the bay area he fit in because you know in the bay area there was a lot of groups back then that sounded kind of east coast like souls of mischief and yeah. you know uh uh what was they called the uh, not the artifacts uh, hieroglyphics. Know, uh, hieroglyphics there you go yeah, yeah. they had that east coast kind of sound them, huh? yeah 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 yeah. Well, yeah guapale was with them before she so, started trying to venture off by herself but yeah man it, it's it's, it's kind of like that, but now, now, like you can, you busters can't, niggas can't see me, like stuff yeah, like that. I'm like, yeah. okay, yeah, I can still yeah. do that to this day. But I, a lot of all eyes on me. That was a double CD. A lot of that, mm-hmm. I'm skipping, bro. I'm, I'm skipping yeah. past, skipping yeah. past. I'm well, like, I think a part of it is that it went a little too commercial. Uh, you know what okay. I'm saying? Because it was a lot of songs on there. It was that so had many videos. damn songs on there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was a lot of. It was a lot of. Um, a lot of like uh, uh, throwaway songs down mm-hmm. there on there too. Like, what's your phone number? I, I hated yeah, that. I never yeah. liked that shit. Even yeah. when it was new, I what's your phone number? I like the way you lick your lips, shake your hips. God damn, yeah. I love that. Shit. Like, I, I never liked that song. <laughs> That's definitely one that you skip. Yeah, but a lot <laughs> it of it didn't make any yeah. sense. I was actually um, thinking, like, how the hell was he able to sample Prince? Like, how did that? Mm-hmm. How did that work? You yeah, know what Prince or, or don't the, fuck, the didn't fuck around with uh, fuck no. with the samples. Yeah, I think what happened was because um, that's a time the time record. I think it was because it was on Warner Bros. So you know, back then Prince didn't own nothing that was on Warner Bros. That's when he was putting mm-hmm. Slave on his face and. Right. And all that kind of the stuff. Symbol so, or the sign. Yeah, the symbol. Or whatever. Yeah, yeah. 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 So I think that was a. Uh, around that time so you could use mm. any of that stuff but later on man they said that uh, Prince uh, Nas said he wanted to do a song with Prince and Prince told him when you own your masters I'll do a song with you Ooh, and walked that. off Ooh, I was like damn that's a hell of a challenge right there yeah man. that's Prince another dude on him. Yeah. yeah that's another dude that knew exactly what he wanted man he knew exactly what he wanted out of his rhythm section exactly yep. what he wanted out of his strings yeah. you know he he was able to lay everything out you know and even yeah, they say yeah. they say Michael was like Michael didn't play instruments but he mm-hmm. knew exactly what he wanted out yeah. of each person that was involved in production with him like he you know so yeah and that's and the crazy thing about music is like when I was a kid um, my cousin he taught me how to play the drums mm-hmm. but I never stayed with it it was just something I would just screw around with everybody in my family could play some kind of instrument oh that's dope and I started watching uh, James Brown and James Brown would perform with two drummers on stage Mm-hmm. And one song he would have Jabbo play, and then the other one he would have the other brother play, and I I could not figure out, and he could have them play simultaneously. 
Like James Brown was on another level. Like this is a couple of interviews with Bootsy Collins. You know Bootsy Collins played with James Brown uh-huh. when he first started. Okay. Uh, James Brown fired his whole rhythm section and called Bootsy and his brother Catfish, and they was in Cincinnati like chilling <laughs> in the hood. And Catfish. the next day they him and his brother Catfish, and the, the next day they was performing with James Brown. Wow. That's you know what I'm dope. saying? Yeah. yeah. And he, yeah. he was explaining how James Brown didn't know how to read music or nothing, but he could tell you how he wanted it to sound mm. just by, you know, they call it the one. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And it's it's a different way of making music. So you listen to a lot of uh, a lot of music these days. They use the one. It's a four bar loop. And on that fourth bar, you start the beat over. Yeah, that's, mm. it's, you know what I mean? Yeah. James Brown started that, you know, so oh, I didn't know that. OK. Yeah. And he can't. And, you know, James Brown can barely talk. So, you know, he can't read music. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. So, but that motherfucker was a genius, though. He knew how to put them beats together. Man, he, exactly he knew how to get that rhythm going. You know yeah. how to get that rhythm going, boy, Mr. Yeah, JB. Yeah. Yeah, you know, so, but you know. Yeah. That's but who that's Michael like, and all them looked up yeah. to, man. Yeah. 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 Hey, thank yeah. you. Thank yeah. you. Uh-huh. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I, I tell people all the time, ain't no Michael Jackson without James Brown. No, nah, it's just Michael Jackson that tell you that. Absolutely. If he were still here. Yeah. Absolutely. That's Did you ever see that? Like, go ahead. Uh-huh. No, you go said ahead. people like what? Oh, people like James Brown, they, you know, they set the blueprint yep. of, exactly. for black music, you know? Exactly. No, I was saying. Um, um, did you ever see that that clip with uh, that famous clip with Michael Jackson, Prince, and James Brown? Oh, on the stage. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, some say that's the origin of the Prince Michael Jackson beef. They say <sighs> Michael knew that Prince was high out of high out of his mind Ooh. off a of coke or whatever it is. So he wow. set that whole thing up for him to get up there and not be able to play his guitar and shit because he that's was so crazy. High. I never heard that before. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So they said ever since then, uh, and Michael was laughing and you know, like it was a whole joke and shit. Because I didn't know if it was true or not that prince did drugs yeah i guess so man he was he was uh you know everybody was getting high right, back then right. you know cocaine was the coke was the party drug so right right you know um shit a lot of people from that era man they um they end up passing away you know relatively early in life man because of yeah. all the damage they did to their bodies with the drugs man yeah apollonia and all and people yeah. like that so um the the, the debauchery <laughs> Man, the man. debauchery, you know, shit. I could, I don't, you know what I would say. I wish I could be a fly on the wall, but I don't, I don't want to be a fly. You on don't want to see what's really no. going on. No. Yeah, the mansion parties, and none shit. of them yeah. parties. <laughs> I saw, I saw an interview with, um, I think it was, oh, it's Corey Holcomb, as a matter of fact. Okay. And I guess he, he used to run around with Jamie Foxx and he said that, uh, he went, no, he ran, it was him with another comedian and they went to Jamie Foxx's house mm-hmm. and it said Jamie Foxx was doing, giving some kind of party and he made everybody sign uh, non-disclosures. <laughs> <laughs> can't talk about nothing going on up in here. Yeah, I heard about the, the Jamie Foxx uh, parties, man. Like, yeah. I heard, yeah, yeah, I heard it was a lot of, wow. Strange, some strange shit going on. He was trying to have his little Hugh Hefner, you know, he's trying to be the little black Hugh Hefner thing going. Yeah, be careful with that yeah. shit. Yeah, for sure. I got a, you know, T-Tex, uh, he, there was a tweet going around, and I guess there's this new thing talking about, oh, Lord. Uh, they should have, the police ain't killing you niggas fast enough. Oh, man. That's become like a tagline on Twitter now for anybody, really? you know, if it's a black man or, let's just keep it straight, a straight black man. 
uh-huh. on Twitter, not agreeing with something that these, you know, these weirdos are talking about. They uh-huh. quote, tw- they quote tweeted with the police ain't killing you niggas fast enough. And he was saying that this is Gen, this is Gen Z. So this is, these aren't even millennials. Right. This is right, Gen right. Z, you know, I'm like, yeah. you know what? I, I, at this point in time, I look at them, they're all together. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a retarded race. Lump them all in. Yeah. For yeah. The, a race to the bottom. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, well, I mean, but that goes to show right there, man, that, um, Number one, like you don't give a fuck about the community. Like if you if you want to wish death, even if it's in jest, yeah. ain't shit funny about that, man. You right, know, especially you, not police violence. Exactly, you spitting in so many people's faces with that, man. Tamir Rice, who's a child, right? You know what I'm a saying? Child, like, thank yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I'm I, I'm actually I like that they're doing that in a way because I think all those people need to be cataloged mm-hmm. and so we need to know exactly who they are so we know the traitors in our midst man right because we're you not going to we're not going to get out of this together and that's and that's right. the thing is uh, I remember there's a speech that Marcus Garvey did it's one of very few speeches you can find on um, on YouTube I don't even mm-hmm. know if it still exists but he talked about how he didn't come here to save all black people because some of you rotten motherfuckers that's not what he said but this is what I'm paraphrasing you know some of you rotten motherfuckers ain't going to be no good when we go back to Africa Exactly. You know what I'm saying? So when we get there too. Right. So I don't believe that everybody should be um, given a pass. I mean, you know, I tell people this all the time. You know, you point to your rich white person, whether it be Bill Gates or whoever, you point to him, Steve Jobs. They got some raggedy motherfuckers in their family. Mm -hmm. And they make sure them raggedy motherfuckers ain't coming around. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes they'll pay their ass not to come around. Not to come around. Exactly. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? I'm, and that's one of the jokes that I always told. I say people talk about, uh, you know, the difference between white people and black people and um, like how Africans could come here from Africa and get it popping and all this mm-hmm. kind of shit. I say because we're the only ones in the country that are forced to live around our idiots. Yes. We are idiots <laughs> are in our midst and we can't get away from the motherfuckers. Right, right. White people are so spread out. All their idiots are like in the middle of the country, in the right. hills. Right. Like just just jettisoned off to the neither regions of the country. You know what right. I'm saying? They're not stuck with them. Right, right. They're in the We're hills. They're in the village idiots. Exactly. They're in the coal mining towns. Right. The heroin right. epidemics going on right. there. All that shit. We're living with our idiots. Like we I mean, can't get away the, from these it's motherfuckers. The, it's, it's the truth because you can have a fucking Fortune 500 CEO walk down the street and get hit over the head by some goofball right, that right. don't want to do shit. You know I what I'm saying? Shit, and look I, at what happened with Nipsey. Right. You know exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Perfect example. Yeah, man. And, and I don't want to get too far into it because I don't, you know, I don't want y'all can, you know, I don't want to throw a little his business out there. But that type of shit should never exist for the simple fact that a motherfucker like the dude that killed him would know better. Right. That I'm not supposed to be around here. Mm-hmm. Because I ain't shit. Right. It's the same way with these, you know, trailer park trash rednecks. They're not about to go into Beverly Hills doing no goofy shit. Yep. Because they know they're not supposed to be around there. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Right. And and I'm not trying to make it into a class thing or anything like that, but it's called a code of conduct. Right. You know what I'm saying? If there was an established code of conduct in our community, then that motherfucker would have had his ass whooped long time ago. Yeah. Well, I heard, I heard, well, I don't want to, I heard that did happen with him. Right. You know what I'm saying? And he just, um, kind of ixnated out of the hood. You know what, man? Some dudes is just they can't accept the discipline, man. I talked yeah. about that on my on my IG before. Like some niggas, man, just cannot accept discipline. Yeah, and you're right. It's, it's those dudes that like they get put on. They can't fight. 
right. but they can shoot. You know what That's I mean? Right. They're shooters. Absolutely. They everything yep. is with guns. And I'm always I was always wary of them kind of dudes that like they can't fight to save their life, but they're right. always wanting to shoot something up. Cause those are the dudes that never have integrity when they back against the wall. That's just my own yeah. personal. But that no, that's the it, truth. You know? That's the truth. Cause you know, coming up, you know, one to get put on the hood, you got to you got to squab. You got to you got to be known right. as somebody that could scrap. Right. Back in the day, you know what I'm saying? Exactly. If you couldn't scrap, wouldn't nobody trying to have you around because you might run or you might do something dumb like right. pull out a gun when everybody's fighting. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? We don't need you to pull out no gun cuz we fighting, dumbass. Right. right. Dumb Man. nigga. Man, bruh. So, yeah. You know, and, and that's what has that's has happened so many different times as a matter of fact, it happened here recently um downtown Portland. You know what I'm saying? Some little young dudes, I know them. They, you know, uh, they bang in hood. You know, they'd be out mm-hmm. there doing all that crazy shit. Yeah. And there was a fight. It was just a simple fight. Mm-hmm. And one of the kids pulled out a gun and started shooting. He didn't know that the cops were right down the street and saw it. Mm-hmm. So he takes off running. They say he dropped the gun or didn't drop it. Police shot him in the back. Wow. When he could have just let these dudes fight. Oh, yeah. I think I remember you telling me something about yeah. that. Was that that was like some months ago, right? Oh, it was a while ago. Yeah, it was a yeah, while yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah, I remember you you telling me something about that. You know, that. It's, it's it's that simple. You know what I'm saying? You yeah. got you got killed by the police because your ass couldn't fight. <sighs> yeah, you know I, I'll saying? tell you, man, like that's why I don't really like dude, like them dudes, they they shouldn't have been able to be a lot. Like I'd rather have a gang of thirty solid dudes right. that can stand with their back to the wall and get out than, you know, three hundred dudes that it, only 10 of them can get out when they man, back listen, man, the wall. Sometimes, sometimes else, man, and I've been through it. You know, I'm sure you've been through it. Sometimes you're going to take an ass whooping. Yep. Hey, man, I done been through that. Yep. I done got some work put on me before. Oh, man, bro. I done, man, nigga, I done been hit with bats, yeah. poles, you know, I shot at all kind of shit, bro. I done, man, all behind my little cousin, man. My little right. cousin, you know, he couldn't fight to save his life. So I was always the one that had to step up and run the fade. Right. And, you know, motherfuckers would pull out bats and shit. Oh, man. <laughs> man, I got so many scars. And, and there's nothing like when you, get, you take an L like that. You go home yeah. hurting, sore. Yeah, and the you know person that started you know, all the shit ain't oh nothing wrong. <laughs> you know, you took an ass whooping for some this knucklehead motherfucker, yeah. man. I've been through that so many times, man. I, there's been times I remember when I was in high school, and you know, I was out there and I was in high school. Mm-hmm. We go to a party, and this is when I first found that there was some white boy Crips in Portland. Oh my! And goodness. I'm like, man, what the hell? You know what I'm saying? So I'm in there, you know, doing my thing, and we start fighting. Uh-huh. I turn around and look by the door. The dude I came with was by the door. I'm like, oh, he left. Me. <laughs> left you? <hey. laughs> this motherfucker tried to pack me the fuck out. Yeah, <laughs> I got the fuck out of there. Like, this motherfucker left me, man. We had, man, we had to, we had to get it in next time I saw him. We had to get it again. So. Hey, I bet, I bet you better yeah, we had to shoot that fade. You we better run that, that fade, bro. Man. You know, you better run, run that. Fade. Yeah, give me so, that. You know, it was, it's, it's, it be like that sometimes. But you know, yeah. you know what? Take a ass woman. I need you need that. I want to switch gears up just a little bit, man. I was having a conversation with somebody a couple of days ago, and we were talking about dating and everything like that. I'm I'm glad I don't the dating game right now, bro. <laughs> is just y'all some lucky motherfuckers. Yeah, I, bro. I tell you, y'all man, married. This shit lucky. is just bro. <laughs> this shit is man. So um, we were having this conversation about um, you know trying to date when you ain't got your shit together. 
Right. And, you know, that's a conversation that happens a lot on Twitter, too. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, um, and he made this observation that not only are the dudes trying to date without having their shit together, but more and more, there's a lot of fe- a lot of ladies out here. Oh, hell that yeah. That don't have their shit together. Hell yeah. And I that's, said, man. That's the truth. Yeah. I was like, he said, man, they don't be having bank accounts. They don't yeah. be having cars. Like, they don't be, they be having green dot cards and sitting instead of having a bank account. Just like re- basic shit. You know what I mean? I was just like, wow, is that really going on, bro? Like, man, D, let me tell you something, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm the single one out of the crew. Y'all lucky. Uh-huh. Y'all lucky y'all married, man. Yeah. Let me tell you something, man. I'm not even going to say her name. I still got love for her. But, man, I know a, I know a girl. A woman, she makes sixty something thousand dollars a year, and she's broke all the time. She's living check to check. Living check. She's living so check to check. She had to get a roommate. Mm, mm, mm. Now let me tell you something. Now this is in Portland. Portland is the rent is high. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But if you're making sixty thousand dollars, there ain't shit you can't afford in Portland. Right. That's you know a little over six k a month. Yeah. What? Yes. Mm-hmm. What I found is what what's going on is a lot of um, men and women, but I'm a dude now. I'm in a I'm a peculiar case because I just come from another era and I'm just cut a little different. So one thing I'm afraid of is being broke. Right. Because oh, I, I grew up poor. You know right. what I'm saying. And I got a kid. You know what I'm saying. I got a 15 year old daughter. So we we don't you don't you don't play the broke game. But no. what a lot of people is doing is they they um they hedge their bets on a lot of things. So they feel like. They have to live up to this image. There's an image Mm. that they have to live up to and they have to be able to support it like continuously. Mm. And I think what happened is uh, there's a certain age group. I don't really see that from women in their 40s, but women between the age of 25 and 35, I see that a lot. And where they they make good money, Mm. but they just either can't hold on to the money, don't understand money. Their bank accounts always broke. They always, you know, I'm, I remember uh, dating a girl and she made pretty good money and every time she got paid, she would always say, I only got 43 cents in the bank. God and I'd be damn. like, why you only got 43 cents in the bank? She always said, I got a Sears card, I got a um, PayPal card, a credit card, a car note, you know what I'm saying? Mm. And that's that image. And I always tell people like this, Fuck a car note, buy a car. Right. My buy car it. is paid off. I don't yes. have a car note. I've and never had a car note in my life. Right. But people are scared, bro. Like, they, yeah. like, these motherfuckers, like, man, it's so many Im- irresponsible ass people. They be driving around without insurance and oh, shit. Yeah. And I'm not saying that uh, shit happens, man. You know what I mean? Right. But, like, at the very least, make sure your basic shit is taken care of. You got yeah. a place to stay. Yep. You got food in your refrigerator. Yeah. Your your essential bills are paid. You know, right. phone bill, light bill, whatever the case may be. And like, for goodness sake, man, have insurance in your fucking car, man. Like, yeah. you know, when when, he, when that car gets totaled, that's gonna oh, you, That's gonna fuck your job up, bro. Oh, that's gonna yeah. fuck a lot of things up. And I'm just wondering, like, what has happened in the process of adulthood of transitioning from being a teenager to being an adult, where even the basic skills are lost? Like, why are 35 and fucking 40 year olds struggling with shit that you know? early to late teens you know 19 mm-hmm. 18 19 20 when you're still trying to figure shit out you know what i mean right. like what is happening in our society where in black society is i don't know what's i don't know if it's the same way in white society but like we seem to have like this stunted growth thing going yeah. on man where like because it's even affecting the women now like oh, it yeah, used to be yeah. the dudes you hear about the dusty broke dudes oh yeah don't have nothing and let me just when i say broke i'm talking about 
about like you don't even have money to get you know a sandwich or some shit like <laughs> are you talking about dirt broke right you dirt broke <laughs> technically if you if your assets don't outweigh your 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 liabilities your debts then yeah. we're all broke technically you right. know what i'm saying you can have uh you can make $5000 a week and still be a broke motherfucker because you spend more than well, you Well you know, I look at it like this wealth, if right? if you lost your job today how long would you have until you. you couldn't pay your bills thank you if it's exactly. immediately now you a broke motherfucker he's a broke Motherfucker. You know what I'm exactly. saying? And one thing I do agree with, there was this guy, um, Boyce Watkins. And one thing I do agree with what he said, he was talking about F you money. Mm-hmm. And he said, if you have enough money to tell your job, fuck you. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Now that could be ten thousand dollars, right? You know, ten thousand dollars go a long way if you live in an apartment. And you, you you take care of your bills. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But if you are dependent upon that job, you in trouble like a motherfucker. You in tr- you in hella trouble. And you I know? think a lot of people mistake a high income for being able to do. They live like they got. They live money. like. Yeah. Thank you. Right. There you go. But like they you live said, like if it. you lose that job, bro, then you it's over with. Yeah. But, so uh, you know what I've seen is that. Um, you know, we we live in a society, especially black society. We have this idea that you know what I'm. I'm gonna just go ahead and blame social media. Okay. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, yeah, that's, that's where all, a lot of the stunting comes from. Anyway. Exactly. Yeah. So when you go yeah. on social media, I've seen this, and I do these experiments because I'm kind of retarded. So mm. I like to always try to figure <laughs> you shit out. <laughs> I'm kind of retarded, so I like to try to figure shit out just to see what happens. And I, you know, I always use the Instagram model as a perfect example. Mm. You know, the Instagram model when you go to I always scroll to the beginning of their page, like when they first started posting pictures. And like, it was a homely looking motherfucker here. Mm. You know what I'm saying? She was probably working at fucking wherever the fuck as a waitress or some, or some shit. shit yeah, the Gap or something like that. Right. And then you scroll up. The Gap even up, still exists. I'm sorry, did I use? I don't know. I don't shop there. Yeah, I hope, I, I I hope it does. Like, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I hope so. Somebody can use that shit, right? But. You you start scrolling up to the beginning of the beginning of the timeline or at the, the basically the end of the timeline and um what you start seeing is that they've changed their demeanor like everything has changed but then you'll start seeing them like selling stuff tummy tea mm-hmm. uh, waist trainers they teeth they got some type of thing they hold them talking about doctor teeth or doctor whoever the fuck <laughs> you know what I'm saying yeah. doctor teeth whoever the fuck doctor uh, Miami all this other kind of shit so I did a little research to find out how much they actually get paid. For product placement, it's not a lot of money. No. Like, it's barely $1,000. Right. So, it's like, they're living off of that, and hopefully the algorithms of being on social media pays them. Because mm-hmm. I saw one girl, she was crying because they took her YouTube page down because she was on YouTube saying some racist shit. Yeah, I saw that. I saw yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was making a nice little chunk of change, apparently. Right. Uh, so, you know, you got a lot of people yeah. that go out of their way. That's another way of being dusty. I mean, you don't have... I mean, that's a hustle. You know what I'm saying? That's not a job. You know what I'm saying? I think with the one you were just talking about, they took her Instagram page down or something like that. Yeah. She was devastated, bro. Yeah. Yeah. So what what, what has happened is people campaigning for attention. You know what I'm Mm. saying? Like, it's that look at me-ism. You know, if you keep looking at me long enough, you're going to want something I got. So, oh, guess what? Oh, I'm I'm advertising Fashion Nova. That's the Mm. one thing you'll see of all that, the the Instagram models. Fashion uh, Nova. Fashion Nova. But then you go look at how much Fashion Nova jeans cost. They're cheap than a motherfucker. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> right. Cheap as fuck. You know what I'm saying? Some jeans that you wash them three times, they're, it's a wrap. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Right. So it's, it's a lot of it is just people trying to cut corners, but they're not. 
it's, it's like the pimp say, it can't be on you. It got to be in you. Right. They're not real hustlers. You know what I'm right. saying? They're not hustlers. They're just people that don't want to work, really. It's in my blood, bro. Like, I, right. I, I can never not. Like, I remember one time, man, I went through this deep depression mm-hmm. um, because I just got out. You know, I got home and um, just a lot of shit wasn't going my way, man. I was working. Right. I had a decent job. I was making, I think at the time I was making like 18 or $19 an hour. I was driving mm-hmm. for Greyhound at the time. But I really did not want that i did i didn't like that job bro it was the the hours were up and down yeah um the travel was just getting to me man like that hotel life for you with greyhound you'd go take a say like i drive up to uh sacramento i'd stay there for like a day and a half two days just sitting in the hotel room until they call me to take a trip back down to los angeles and shit like that so i was just getting tired of staying in hotel rooms eating food and shit and so i wanted to make a change man and um you know, I would apply for these different places, man. And then, you know, they would, just the background thing would happen and they'd be mm-hmm. like, it's a no. And I remember this one uh, job in particular. Um, I think I told you about this. I was, it was like, they were going to pay like $28 an hour. Um, they had this contract at LAX to uh, drive the construction crews around, you know, to the different construction sites on the LAX, you know, facility, right? Mm-hmm. It was a cool sister. I met her, man. She said, well, yeah, I'm going to hire you. I want you on our team. You got all your credentials, everything like that. I'm like, cool. She said, but you got to pass the background check. I'm like, oh, shit. Right. So at LAX, they have, you know, you got to get this. You got to get a security clearance. Right. Right. This was like, you know, this was in the late 2000s. So, you know, we're still at 9-11. That 9-11 shit. Yeah. 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 (laughs) And so um, I go in there. And they do the fingerprint scan, so they get the pretty much get the results immediately. And so now I hadn't had. Uh, I think did I have my record expunged at that time? I think I might have because in in the state of California, for anyone who doesn't know, in the state of California, if, for certain felonies, you know, you could set it up if you you know if you do say for example if you do a plea deal, which was what I had, you can get your felony reduced to a misdemeanor, right? And then because that's the only way that you could get it expunged is if the you can't get a felony expunged. You can right, only you got to get it reduced, reduced, and then it can be expunged. But in the state of California, even though it's expunged, it still shows up in the federal database. Mm-hmm. So say, for example, if you want to get um, any type of professional license where you have to get state certification or anything like let's say, for example, you want to become a locksmith or a nurse or right. anything that requires you to have a professional license, a contractor, whatever. You have to go to the state, get the test, and then you got to run your fingerprints and all of that kind of stuff. And it'll come back. They have access to see the database. To say, oh, you had a misdemeanor in 2004 or whatever. What was going on here? And they supposedly they give you a chance to explain yourself and yada, yada, yada. Right. Right. So um, that's exactly what happened with me. I went to this place. Of course, it came up. They asked me about it. I said, well, this is what happened. This was in my past, yada, yada, yada. They were like, okay, um, well, let us see the police report. Now, mind you, this is all black people at this place. Yeah, it was all black with some sisters. It was no black men. It was all older Jehovah's Witness looking type sisters, man. That whole bougie ass boule type, Mm -hmm. the older ones, though, you know. And so I faxed them over a copy of the police report, you know, showing what happened and this, that, and the third. And then they were like, oh, hell. No, you know, you know, (laughs) like, oh, hell no, you ain't. (laughs) So, um, that really sent me into a depression, man. Like, um, 
I just thought, like, what the fuck is all this for? Mm-hmm. Am I just doomed to work this fucking bullshit job that I don't right. like for the rest of my life? Then you start thinking about all the opportunities that you had. Mm-hmm. Um, how I, I start thinking about my childhood, how my dad wasn't really there. You know, my mom, she was selling dope when I was a kid. I've been around dope and drugs yeah. and gangs my whole life. You yeah, know? yeah. And I, I grew up at a time, like, I, I never saw, like, nobody go to work in my house ever. Right. You know right. what I mean? The only person who consistently went to work on a daily basis was my grandmother. Right. You know, we lived in a in a two bedroom apartment. It was 10 of us. And out of those 10 people, it was five children and like four adults and one baby. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and my grandmother, she was the only person that and the only adult in that house that went to work on a consistent basis. Everybody right. else was in the streets. My auntie was on welfare. My mama was selling dope, running around with the dope dealers, trying to live that baller life in the whole right. nine. And she would drop me off and then jet off out of town, man, to go to places and shit like that. She was running dope. And it was just like, man, I started thinking about all that shit, you know? And I just went into this deep ass depression, dude. Oh, yeah. And um, I didn't want to go to work. I would call off sick because at Greyhound, you could book off sick damn near indefinitely. You know, it was so lax in their their protocols and shit. And so, man, I just went into this depression, man. I didn't want to do nothing. But I always got whatever the rent was due or whenever we needed food in this motherfucker. (laughs) I always got up and hustled and would come back with bags of shit. You know what I'm saying? And I'll get, okay, I got to go hustle, get this money to get the rent. I got to go hustle, get this money to get some food in here, whatever. They never went without, bro. Right. Like, even when we we had a situation where we were homeless for like three months, you yeah. know, but as a result of me fucking up that job like that. And, right. But we was not, we, we, we had to, we, I made it, you know, I hustled my ass off and we had yeah. money and we were standing, you know, those, um, those extended state type hotels that have oh, the yeah. kitchen and all that shit in there. We were in one of those for like yeah. three months. You know how fucking oh, wow. expensive that is? Shit, man. God <laughs> yeah. damn. Bro, I was, man, I was out there making it happen, dude. Depressed see, in a motherfucker. That's, but, that's, but, that's, but that's, see, that's the difference. <laughs> like, that's why I said it can't be on you. It gotta be, it gotta in, be you. in you. Right. Right, you, you, right. you can't just fluke your way into being a hustler. It doesn't nah, work that way. And the exactly. thing about it is, man, there is a lot of you know young dudes out here, young women out here that got good hustles. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. They actually are out here trying to make something happen. They might have a regular job or they in school or something like that, but they found a way to do something. Whether they make T-shirts, whether they rapping, whatever the fuck they doing. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Making beats, selling beats, whatever. They have a talent to do something and they find a way to, to, to market it and hustle it, you know? Because yeah. I grew up the same way. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And from the late 80s, early 90s, dope game, gang banging, all that. So yeah. when I was a kid, my grand, my mom was married to a dude, so dope. They got locked up. You know what I'm saying? I watched the police. You know, it's funny. <laughs> it, I can, you can laugh at the shit now. You know what I'm saying? You know, <laughs> right, right. years later. <laughs> exactly. But at the time, you like, man, I can't believe this shit has happened. It was the same day the Bulls won a championship against the Sonics. Uh, and we downstairs and I looked out the window and the police, they all had like these Hawaiian shirts on and they was going up there with a batter ram and the batter ram looked like a, um, it just looked like a big ass thing of cement with handles on it. Mm-hmm. And they went right up. Boom. Next thing you know, everybody in jail. Wow. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. my mom was locked up. My mom's husband was locked up. Uh-huh. And I'm in the, I'm 14, 14, 15. You know what I'm saying? So, so I'm in the streets. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I'm yeah. in the street streets. So I'm running around with, you know, this hood and doing this, that, the third and mm. all these kind of things. And it's like what I learned is when you got to fend for yourself, you're going to figure something out. Yep. You know yep. what I'm saying? Because you don't have a choice because it's, it's you either going to be, I hate to say it, like it sounds cliche, but you're either going to be a wolf or you're going to be a sheep. 
Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I, I came up around the wolves. That's what I, you know what I'm saying? As a matter of fact, there's a story. I think I sent it to you guys. Uh, I might've texted or, uh, sent it in the inbox of this, uh, story about this dude named Lil Smurf, Kirby Block Crip. Man, that was my homie. That was my G homie. You know what I'm saying? He's dead now, but, uh, he was a young dude, balling, hustling, 15, 16 years old. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? And he was a dude that in the hood, you're like, okay, he's a, he's he's a little bit older than me, but he was like showing you the game. You know what I'm saying? So there was always uh-huh. going to be somebody out there. Like, it was, I'm sure it was for you. Somebody right. out there in the game that's showing you something. Yep. So you're like, okay, if I'm going to be out here, I got I to gotta keep up. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. And you can't be no sucker. You know, you can't be no buster. You can't be can't no be sucker. No buster. Nope. Can't be no snitch. Nope. You know what I'm saying? All that. Well, so, nowadays, huh? Oh yeah. <laughs> these days you can get you can you know it pays to snitch these days. Yeah, exactly. You know what I'm saying? You might well you might get a TV show That's for snitching. That's a whole nother conversation. Yeah, it's a whole yeah, other TV yeah, show yeah. with that conversation. But you know, with these with a lot of people that I see on social media, they they don't mind taking uh you know this this uh slow approach as far as like even to the point where they'll be they'll beg. Mm-hmm. They'll be begging, you know what I'm saying? Follow my page, buy this, buy that. Like, man, that's not a yeah. that's not a good hustle, homie. If you gotta beg, if you begging yeah, people, people get, yeah, but no, nah, man. You ever see like some of the best YouTubers, man? They making a million dollars a year or more. Oh yeah, you know what I mean, but oh, this yeah. uh, it's a grind, dude. They yeah. are they up putting out the content every day. They up getting it. They so gotta I record three, right. four times a week, and I could kind of respect that shit yeah. because even with me with this podcast, man, some days I'm just like, man. Fuck man, I don't feel like, burnt out. Yeah, I'm burnt out from the day. You know what I mean? Like I don't want right. to fucking get up. But I wish that I could just take. You know, if I had more time to really just yeah. get yeah. the shit together, I'm sure you and the other and T feel the same way. You know, just really sink all of our time into yeah, building it up, it's building hard, the brand man. up. It's hell. I started hard, looking man. at um these other podcasts and I was like, man, they recording these. So the hustler in my mind, you know, because coming up, man, I hustled everything, man. You know, I right. live in Portland, the home of Nike. Mm-hmm. Let me get it employee pass I'm selling everything for full price and I'm getting it at half price I'm on I'm on offer up I'm on stock X I'm on goat app I'm on Craigslist I mean I, that's just in me to figure out a way to get some money you know what right. I'm saying so with the podcast I started looking at all these people the way they record and how how they doing I'm like they recording four or five times how can we get on and I'm like damn T's in one time zone yeah that, that's really a, that's another factor like, too yeah, yeah, yeah the time zone is a beast because yeah. even even you know everybody you know I do another podcast with uh, Jamila, the general. Mm-hmm. Um, it's called the 503-305 Podcast. It's a sports podcast. But even with me and her, she's in Miami. I'm in Portland. You know what I'm saying? We can only record once a week. Right. Because you the know time difference is a bitch. She got man. a job. She got a kid. I, mm-hmm. You know, it, life happens. Your life happens, yeah. But, but, one thing I will say, like I told T the other day, we dedicated to this, and this is the first time I've seen some people say, we're going to do this, and it mm-hmm. actually worked. And you know what, man? And, 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 and shout out to T for that, too. Because yeah. he, that dude, man, let me tell you something, man. You, you ever met those people, man, that when they say they're going to do something, like, yes. I'm the type of person, I make a million different plans. Plans. I'm like, right, right. I'm planning it out, doing right. the Then I start thinking about, well, what happens if I don't do this? Yep, or yep, if I don't prepare for yep, this, then this can yep. happen. Then you have the motherfuckers that just, okay, this is what it is. Okay, boom. And then they Let's go and it. just do the shit, right? See, yeah. And see, that's what I learned. You know, it's, it's funny you said that because I learned that from T. I learned from yeah. T. Like, when I put the idea out there that I was going to do this other podcast, um, it's funny because I, I called Jamila and I was like, hey, look, um, we recorded. I said, I got some good 
good news and I got some bad news. She said, what's the good news? I said, I said the content's good. She mm-hmm. said, what's the bad news? I said, it sounds like trash. Yeah. I said, we got to step our game up. <laughs> right. I told her, I said, I'm going to go buy some equipment. And mm-hmm. I was expecting her to say, man, you know, I got to do this. And th-. Mm-hmm. she said, what do I got to do? Wow. Said, oh, shit. This there you go. Down for the cause. Yeah. So, and, and so yep. that's, that's when I said, I seen how T was doing. I watch, I watch everything, how he do it. I said, man, I got to We got to hit this motherfucker hard. If it costs money, I'm paying for SoundCloud. Mm-hmm. I'm paying for this. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's got to happen. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So T and you know, I think what happens like the way you describe like your thoughts of why you started having that, um, that doubt mm-hmm. is because of the way we came up. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I'm not saying T didn't come up like us, but mm-hmm. it's different that when you live on the West Coast and in, in the 80s and the 90s and gang banging dope game and you come from being poor, yeah. like it, it could kind of fuck with you because you don't ever want to go back there. Yeah, not only that, um, I was telling you, bro, I didn't have a role model to show yeah, me no consistency yeah, like yep, that. No like, mentorship. I had to, and, I, and it's funny that you bring that up because that you brought that back up because I I had to figure that shit out on my own or like yeah. seeing people that I grew up with, like like you described earlier that that was in the game, and yeah. then I had to see how they grinded. Right. You know what I'm saying? Because I couldn't look to my mom or my dad or right. anybody that that except for my grandmother. My grandmother was on some the help type shit bro she right, clean a house right. for a rich white family for her whole life until she right. couldn't do it no more right you know and so like i didn't have anybody to to do and i look at like a lot of um like bad habits that i have today in life and i just think like damn is that some shit that was you know how they talk about generational curses mm-hmm. or whatever oh, i don't yeah. believe in that shit, right but right there are in a sense it's like a curse because bad habits can be passed down oh that absolutely absolutely you. you know what i'm saying yeah, you know people can pass down they can pass down they stress yes you know what i'm saying people we definitely have that issue in the community oh, we pass man. down mm. negative negativity negativity stress yeah. bad work ethic um just lack of a of a uh, of a uh, of any sense of self-efficacy mm-hmm. like that's a big problem in the community man it's like the the, the sense of self-efficacy is low yeah. like I, I there's this lady named dr sharoni little like i look at her as like one of my mentors and she talked about this concept of self-efficacy where it's basically in a long in a in a in a, in a nutshell how um hard will you fight to achieve they say you have a goal you want to achieve the goal and mm-hmm. then there's obstacle a obstacle b obstacle see people with high self-efficacy they'll go through those various obstacles and then keep going to get where they need to get to attain their goal okay they'll have a little minor setback here a little thing here but they'll keep going but people that have a low sense of self-efficacy you know they'll get one little thing that happens and they're like oh man see damn here they go again i knew they weren't gonna let me do this and then they go into a rut and then they you know they give up you know a perfect example of that is uh, I had a, a conversation with my daughter. My daughter's 15. Mm-hmm. And um, I told her, I said, you know, when I was in college, uh, when I went to college, I was already grown. You know what I'm saying? But yeah. I, I remember um, there would be these classes uh, like physics. You know what I'm saying? Like these tough classes. But I noticed that there was a lot of white kids that would take the class just to see what happened. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But the black kids would see that physics. They're like, oh, no, I ain't taking that. So mm-hmm. you won't even we won't even attempt to fail. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because when you, you know, doing something like that, it could build your confidence, even if you fail. You know what I'm saying? Just a simple fact mm-hmm. you tried. You know what I'm saying? But we don't have that because depending on where you come from, and I'm not saying all black kids are like that. You know what I'm saying? Because there's some right. black kids out there that have knocked that shit out. Right. You know what I'm saying? But just the, the idea that it's okay to try something. 
You know what I'm saying? Mm. And and if it goes bad, then it goes bad. You right. know what I'm saying? But you can always get up and do it again. You know, and that's one of the great sayings of today that they have. Well, that's one of the, you know, there's a lot of cliches and shit like that today. But one yeah. of the ones that is true to me, or at least ring, rings true to me, is look at losses as lessons. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You've heard that one before, right? Oh, yeah. That's the one. That's one that actually applies, bro. Like anytime you got to know, like you look at why that no happened and then you try to figure out and reevaluate and get up and get back at it, man. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, but when I went into that, that, that funk, man, like I felt defeated, man. I just yeah. felt like life was just purposeless. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's difficult. Yeah, it is, man. It really is. You know, I tell people all the time, I'm a big advocate into uh, therapy. You know what I'm saying? I wish I would have done that at that time. You yeah, know, uh, yeah. I'm I, a huge advocate yeah. for for mental illness. You know, uh, therapy. People doing. I'm a person that every. You know, I talk about this all the time. I deal with anxiety. Mm-hmm. You know, what I'm saying it's like PTSD anxiety. Yeah, talk, things to, that's talk about that life. a little bit, man. I yeah. know. You, I don't know how personal you want to get. I know you and oh, I yeah. discussed it before. Oh yeah, yeah. anxiety is a beast, man. You know, I didn't know what it was. You know, what I'm saying because I've been dealing with this since I was probably like 20 years old. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I remember one day I was chilling with some of my homies, man. We were smoking a blunt, and next thing I know, I just started freaking out. Mm-hmm. You know, what I'm saying. I didn't know what it was. I thought I was having a heart attack. You know what wow. I'm saying? Yeah. So, you know, years go by and it, it went away and then it came back. So once I started going to the doctor, because, you know, back in even even if you go to the late 90s, nobody talked about mental illness or uh, anxiety. You know, right. we might have talked about depression, mm-hmm. but nobody Vaguely, talked yeah. about anxiety. You no, know what I'm saying? Right. And oftentimes anxiety is a precursor to depression. Absolutely. Yeah. So coming from where I came from, the things. So I started finding out when I started going to therapy and I talked to my therapist and I made sure, you know, I'm an African-American black man. I wanted my, my therapist to become to come from where I come from. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And she started breaking down shit. And I mean, I just started tripping because I was like, I didn't know. I thought that's just I thought that that's just the way things was mm-hmm. the way I came up. I, I knew that was it wasn't like everybody else. But I just figured, well, you know, that's just what we got to go through right now. I didn't know that 20 years later it was going to take an, a, a, an effect on me physically. Physically and mentally, you know what I'm saying? To whereas, you know, having started having uh, panic attacks and things like that. And then I started noticing whenever I would get really stressed out, I would start having panic attacks. Wow. Damn it, what the fuck? So I'm a single dad. You know, a lot of people know I'm a single dad. My daughter's 15. I've had my daughter since she was one and a half. You know what I'm saying? And I had to get back in the game and start hustling at one point in time because I had we got to eat. Right. You know what I'm saying? And I started having panic attacks. You know, all that kind of stuff was going on. And then once I started going to therapy and we started taking these things and putting them where they need to be, I started figuring out there was a lot of things that happened that I never paid attention to. So for the simple fact that, you know, nobody ever tells you that you did a good job or yeah. that they, they, they're looking out for you or congratulations or um, people show up to your graduation, your high school graduation or to your football games. That kind of stuff matters in the long run. At the time, you're not thinking about it. You say, oh, well, my mom, she ain't hit the game because she's doing whatever she's doing. That's her life. Yeah. But it comes back 20 years. So you think to wow. yourself, you would think to yourself, I got over it. No, you didn't get over it. You, you got just, around it. You just got around it. But you got to go through it. Damn, man. You just hit something real deep right there, bro. You got to go through it. And it's, I'm going to tell you right now, I'll tell everybody out there, therapy is not easy. It's work. Yeah, I, it's I work. hear you, man. I, it's work. You know what? You just touched on something, man. I remember um, very vividly, uh, you know, you have the fifth grade promotional uh, ceremonies. 
Yeah. And my mom did not come. Yep. I was the only kid whose parents was not at the promotion ceremony. I right. looked out into the audience and everybody's parents was there. They called my name. Nobody cheered for me. Right. Because it was nobody there. Nobody bro. there. Right. And I never, me and my mom, we ended up getting into a huge fight. Not like physical, of course, nothing, right, right, nothing like right. that. But like I cussed my mom smooth out, bro. Like because yeah. I was just, and I didn't know where all of that anger had came from. Yeah, was coming from. But now that you said that, I'm like, man, I was, I was, I had buried, like I got around it. I didn't deal with it. it. I didn't go through it. I just kind of tucked it away somewhere. And then like, I remember a lot of moments like that. Like I remember lying to kids in class, telling them, you know, yeah, I have my mom and my dad and my brother. Like I had this perfect family because I went to a a, a school called Field Elementary. They took me out of my neighborhood and put me in a, a fluent uh, elementary school yeah, because out. I right because I was um, I was considered a gifted student at that point in time. Right. Like I had some of the highest test scores in the, in my city at the time. Stupid shit. So. I get there and there's all these white kids and Asian kids, man, and they all, you know, family day or whatever. Their mm-hmm. mom and dad were there and all that kind of shit. And I don't know where my mom was. Like, just shit like that, dude. And it's like, yeah. growing up, you don't, you just, like, fuck it. I have to, that's just how it is. You know that's what I mean? That's just the way like, it is. And, and, and yeah. you know, the, another thing is there's other kids in your neighborhood going the through the same thing. thing. Yeah. So you think it's normal. When, when I, um, I think I was about 25, 26 years old, my mom went from selling dope to using it. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So she was on drugs pretty much from when I was 16 all the way till I was about 27. Wow. And uh, she she finally got off drugs and she moved to Arizona. My mm. sister's been in Arizona for 15 years. Okay. So she goes to Arizona and she stays with my sister and my sister uh, was pregnant at the time. I didn't know that my sister talked like this. Like my sister's not like that, but they used to have, man, my sister used to say some crazy shit to my mom. Yeah. And I was like, man, why are you talking like that? You know what I'm saying? But now I know why. Mm. Because when my mom was in the streets, my sister, I'll never forget, my sister had to work at a, uh, you remember that department store called Deb? Uh, vaguely. Way back in the day, mm-hmm. um, there was Deb and Rainbow and all them different little department stores for women. Mm-hmm. And my sister was like 15. She worked there and she would buy me and my brother school clothes. Damn. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So my sister's been holding in all of this resentment. Now, my sister never went to therapy. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But she's holding all this resentment through all these years. And then once my mom got down there, she blew up on her. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it was like when 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 my mom called me and told me what she said, I was like, damn. Mm, and then mm, but mm. it didn't make sense to me at that time. Yeah. But then me and my mom had some conversations where we I kind of had to go. I never cussed my mom out, but I went in like I mean bad to where right. I don't, you know, nobody want to hear their mama cry. You know right, what I'm saying? Right, right. But of it course. got that bad. You know right. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I had to figure out well, what is it that's got me saying these things, and now I know. It was because of all the things that has happened in my life. Man, I done seen some fucked up shit. Man, you know what I'm saying? Bro, that, yeah. that I should not. Be. I told my dad because me and my dad used to beef. Mm-hmm. We cool now, but we used to beef. And I, I told my dad to his face, man, I seen some shit you ain't never seen. Right. So for you to try to tell me about what was going on out here, bro, I take that yeah, religion yeah, shit yeah, somewhere yeah. else. Exactly. You know, so it's it's a it's a it's crazy because, you know, growing up in the hood, people look at therapy as, you know, it's like the cartoons, you know, you go and lay on the couch and you're Mm. shaking and there's a therapist down there writing stuff down. That's not how therapy works. Mm. Or in our community, they look at, oh, you say you're going to therapy or you got you say you got a a therapist. Are you crazy? You white. You with the white. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you with the white folks, man. That's that crazy stuff. But think about it. All the people you knew grew up in the hood, whether it was crackheads alcoholics, them motherfuckers was hiding something. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And they covered it up with substance. 
You know what I'm saying? Me, I never used anything. You know what I'm saying? So I never got a chance to cover it up. So mine came out in panic attacks and outbursts where I'd be, I used to have a real bad temper. Me too. Like my temper yeah. used to be real fucked up. Yeah, you know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, Towards I would sure. lose a relationship yeah. over it. You know what I'm saying? Girls would be like, man, I can't fuck with you. You tripping. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Right. But those are the things that happen when you're trying to mature and figure it out, but you got this this monkey on your back. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Called PTSD. <laughs> <laughs> Believe me. I you know? know it, man. I, I understand totally. If you, I'd have been yeah. stabbed in both arms. I'd have been shot yeah. at. You know yeah. what I mean? That's yeah. PTSD. I done seen a motherfucker. Seen get, people get blown. Yeah. 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 I seen a, I seen a white dude in a county jail. This is back in 05. I was in there for some dumb shit. And, uh, it was, you know, in jail, you know, shit is just weird. It's just different. You know, so it was mm. a white dude. We all playing dominoes. And it's funny because, you know, in jail, no matter what hood you from, if you black, we together. So I got pyros at the table. And and I knew I knew these dudes. I went to high school with them. You know what I'm right, saying? Right. But we playing dominoes. And it's a white dude playing dominoes. And it was a little racist dude off in the corner. And he was mad because the white dude playing dominoes. Mm-hmm. And nobody was tripping. So the night goes on. Next thing I know, I, I, it's in an open dorm. It's called Inverness out here. Mm. It's an open dorm, and you hear this scuffling going around. I just happened to look over, and the white dude that was playing dominoes had a lock in the sock and was beating the shit out of the, uh, the racist dude. Oh, damn. Blood everywhere. Damn. You know what I'm saying? So that image was stained in my brain. <laughs> I'm like 23, 24 years old. You know yeah. what I'm saying? I'm like, damn, yeah. what the fuck is going on? Because, you know, you know, I wasn't going to jail like that when I was a teenager. You know what I'm saying? So to right. see it in a grown man's jail, I'm like, oh, shit, it's real up in here. Yeah, you know, man. I learned that don't even look. It ain't no joke, bro. Yeah. There's no you joke. You know what I'm saying? So, I, you know. I remember um, I was like 15 or something. I got put on my neighborhood when I was like 14. It was right. 94, so I was like 13, 14, something like that. And like a year later, you know, my homeboy, my my homeboy older brother, he was from the hood too, and he went to prison. And right. so we used to get, he he left his car behind. He had this black Honda Civic with the nice rims on it with the banging right. sound system in it. So we used to get the car and then drive up to the hood to go floss in front of the homies or whatever, right? And so I remember this one particular day after school, we used to go to Morovia High. We both got kicked out of John Muir, which is in Altadena, California. Oh, yeah. We yeah. got kicked out of there. We had to go to Morovia, which is in a whole like 20 minutes away from Pasadena. So anyway, we drive out to uh to the hood. We get up there and we see a bunch of homies gathered up on the corner doing something. I'm like, it's like a scuffle going on. I'm like, what the fuck mm-hmm. is that? So then next thing you know, we start hearing a gang of gunshots. Bah, 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 bah. We duck down in the car. Everybody starts scattering everything. So then when it, when it all died down, one of the little homies came up to the car. He was like, yeah, man, uh, that was such and such, man. He from down there, you know, talking to shit. And I just happened to look over across the street and I seen somebody laid out in front of the liquor store. I'm like, hey, who was that over there dead? Yeah. So me and the homie, we hit a U-turn real quick and we drove right. We pulled right up like 10 feet. And I'll never forget this, man. It was um, it was a little kid. He was laying in front of the liquor store with his brain blown out. Oh, wow. The whole front of, front of his brain. He had a big hole in the front of his head, man. You could see the whole, the brain and all everything just hanging out of the front of his skull. And I remember um, he just had this look in his eyes 
because he was convulsing, you know? Yeah. Um, and he, the look that he had, and I had seen people get killed, like people die before, like but right. that, um, that fucked with me for a long time, man. Like, yeah. Because the look on his face, I, I just remember, man, like he looked like, what the hell? Like he was, it was this confusion on his right. face. Like, right. Because um, apparently he was, he either, either was getting off of the school, but he was getting off the bus coming home from school. He was a twin too. He had a twin brother. Oh, wow. You know, of course, to the papers, yeah, I, I always kept up with uh, with that after it had happened. But um, I guess he was getting off the bus coming home from school, or or he was coming out of the liquor store. It was a hot ass day. I remember that. I remember that vividly. It was hot as fuck that day, and um, he was just getting either it was get, just getting off the bus to go get something from the store, or walking out of the store. Bam, got hit by a stray. Wow. And um, yeah, man, that I had nightmares about that shit. For I was the just about to say, time. you ever have dreams about? Uh... Yeah, man, I, I did. I had nightmares about that on and off for years, and I, it affected me so much, man, that I. Th- thought that as a form of punishment and I didn't even do this shit like you know what I'm saying but I always was scared like when my son turned 13 because I think that was the age the boy was when he died I was like damn man will my son get killed like I always thought as a form of punishment that was gonna happen to my son right you know what I'm saying so like it just, it really, I would wake up, man, at night and, and sweat, yelling and shit. Like, yeah. just, you know, why did this happen to me? Like, like dreaming about this kid, man. Yeah. It was just, it was the craziest thing, bro. Yeah, and, uh, dreams, those are, those dreams yeah. is um, very vivid. Like, when you, you know, and that's PTSD. Yeah. And that's part of PTSD, those right. nightmares, night terrors and nightmares and things like that of, of things that has happened. You know what I'm saying? And I, I just learned this stuff two years ago. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I thought that just this it's just the way it was. Right. You know what I'm saying? What I just I, learned yeah. this two years ago. You know, when I when I jumped off Twitter that time, that's when I started going to therapy. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, that's when I was te- I was checking in with you. I'm like, Ken, where you at, bro? Because you know, I didn't even know that we didn't even notice that you had deleted your Twitter account. Yeah. I thought that you just weren't coming on or chopping it yeah. up in the clone room. Yeah. So then I would, t- I think we were either talking on on the gram or I was texting you. I forget what it was. I was like, what's up with you, man? You did this. You say, man, I deleted my whole account. I'm like, wait, what? I deleted everything. <laughs> so yeah, I went and I looked and sure enough, the damn, you know, because we used to be like, where the hell is Ken at? Because yeah. that was when the that was when the podcast first started. Right, right. Because I remember T was like, "Hey, he threw the idea out there," and I was like, "Yeah, that's a dope, dope, dope idea." Mm-hmm. And then I didn't, and then I was just gone. You know what I'm saying? You just disappeared. Yeah. Just disappeared. I mean, but it'd be like that. You know what I'm saying? Where yeah. when you gotta, you know, gotta let you know when it's time to start getting your yeah. shit together, getting your mind right. You yeah. know what I'm saying? But it's, sure. it's, a, it's a walk. Yeah, it's a walk. That's for damn sure. Yeah, man, it definitely is, man. I'm, I'm glad we talked about this, man. You brought up some shit that I ain't thought about in a long ass time, man. Yeah, man. I yeah. might do that, bro. I might have to to go and uh and do the therapy thing, man. I I've been flirting around with that idea for a long time. I haven't done it, but you know, that's something that I, I need think to I think with. everybody, you know what I'm saying, um just just for the simple fact that we you know, the older you get, you know, I have this analogy that, you know, when you're born, between the times you're born and you turn eighteen, your parents tell you what to do. You right. know what I'm saying? Yeah. By the time you're eighteen to thirty, you don't make no money. You know what I'm right. saying? You run around here broke than a motherfucker trying to figure it out. Between your thirty and forty, that's when you kinda get your shit together. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. When you're forty ain't there ain't no fucking excuse. So but but through all that time, you start changing, like things change. Like, you know, um, I started going through a, a, a midlife crisis earlier than most people. You know what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. I, I've been a single dad for 15 years. And then now my daughter is like 
she's doing her thing. You know what I'm saying? It ain't parenting yeah. no more. It's more or less coaching and guiding. Yeah. And I'll be sitting in the house bored than a motherfucker. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> in my own thoughts, trying to figure out what should I be doing? And all, you know right. what I mean? So you kind of get older and then you kind of start changing a little bit. Your mind start changing. Right. That's why I was telling you and T, I said, man, y'all lucky. Y'all motherfuckers is married. You know what I'm saying? You got somebody to tell some crazy shit to. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly. I'll be running through all these little dumbass bras and, you know, going mm-hmm. through what, what I got to go through. You know what I'm saying? But, yeah. you know, you ain't got to really worry about it too much. You hit it on the head because I think uh, going back to what we were talking about, about that whole dating thing and why people yeah. don't be having their shit together. Um, uh, We're going to wrap it up in a minute, but there, because my family just got home. They about to get noisy. Uh, good. Yeah, you know, I record when they gone. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> let me hurry up. <laughs> let me hurry up. Ever get on it, real right? Quick. Right. But um, um, there's a documentary. You remember um, the dude's speech from uh, the group uh, Arrested Development? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, he uh, came out with these short documentaries called The Nigga Factory, mm. and uh, he's talking about like the state of hip hop, the state of the conscious movement, what's going on in the black community, this, that, and the third. And Chuck D says something that uh, that I found real interesting. He said that the way that hip hop is now in the way because it's so pervasive in the culture mm-hmm. in this in in the cult in society in general it's like the most popular um expression of of culture in the world Absolutely. right now hip hop is and he said the way the hip hop is structured right now it spills off into regular everyday life. He said it's actually changing, extending the teen people's teenage years. Yes, up until they're thirty-five. Yes, <laughs> he yes. said so. Like it used to That's be some profound shit. Seventeen to twenty-three or twenty-four. He said now it's like seventeen all the way to thirty-five. Yes, because you got people grown as babies, basically, man. You got grown women that are thirty-eight, thirty-nine, yes. twerking yes. Yes. and doing silly shit, and you got grown boys that don't have nothing together, don't have a bank account, don't know what they want to yep. do. Niggas running around with rush cards, um, <laughs> living with their girls, still driving in, and think that's, think they doing something big, man. Like, yeah, man, I got this girl. She pay for everything. Like, nigga, that's not no accomplishment. What you, yeah. <laughs> you know what, what I mean? What's like, that supposed to mean? Yeah, so it, it's a trip, man, but when I thought about it, I'm like, you know what? That's true. Like, the, the, the age of, of people acting like grown kids is has mm-hmm. extended all the way up to cuz you know in the in what we do in the community you see people that are grown yeah. that conduct themselves like kids and it's like yeah. what is going on here man and, you, so. and the, the crazy thing about it is you're starting to see it and you're like, OK, um, you know, you guys, I'm sure you guys hear me say this all the time. I want to see what they're where they're at in 10 years. Yeah. I want to yeah. see what's going to happen in 10 years, because the clout that people are that, that people are asking for and the, the attention like it's to the point towards I'm like, you know, if this app crashes. We might have some people on mass suicide suicides. Watch. Man. Yeah. 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 Because you can't, these people. you can't get that attention that you used to get. Mm-hmm. You know? We just so, talked about it. That girl that got her, her Instagram account uh, for the racist stuff got her Instagram account uh, deactivated. I, I, I think she might be on suicide watch yeah, because she yeah. was like, I seen the YouTube video with her crying and copping, please, man. She man. was like, this is my whole life. This is yeah. my income. This is what yeah. I do. You know, I was just like, well, you bitch, get a job. You get a work. job, man. Yeah, I, was, I think she even said, like, I can't 
like work for a yeah. living. I don't yep. know how to work. You know, she don't like, know how to work. Yep. You better yep. get your ass. She don't know how to work. Ain't that a bitch? You better <laughs> learn today. On that note, yeah. man, let's wrap this thing up, man. Sure. Um, shit, you know, um, I think T is gonna. Uh, record tomorrow too so you know okay, we'll probably cool. get all three of us or two of us or one of us or somebody somebody's yeah. gonna be on here yeah, and yeah. uh man i'm just glad uh you came on and uh we ain't had you on in about a week and a half two weeks something yeah like that. and i appreciate you being down to to uh to, to do it man um you know everybody has a whole lot going on right now yeah. so you know uh t yeah. get well man you know yeah definitely he, i think it's his shoulder or something i told him to stop jacking off so much yeah right his after shoulder be all right i, I think that lexington still <laughs> <laughs> you know, people still talking about that. Oh my that god! Episode we did. That is one of the. That was probably. I've listened to that episode probably two or three times already. Bro, I was just listening to it earlier today. I was still. I was still dying like I heard it for the first time. I was right. fixing my machines and I was listening to it. I'm dying laughing. People looking at me like, "What's wrong with him?" Yeah, that's some good shit right there, yeah, man. Yeah, well, for sure, that's well, a shoot, classic. Man. It's a. Uh, it's we're on the West Coast, so I ain't gonna say what time it is. It's late. Yeah, yeah. It's that way. But uh, shoot, man. Thanks for getting on, man. I'm happy to be here, and I'm happy to uh, keep this thing going. With us. You know, just keep this train going with us. And yes, sir. Sure, I guess I'll hit you up tomorrow, man. Yeah, most definitely. Peace. All right, man. Peace.